Nikki Haley, is she a Democrat plant? It sure looks like the left is pushing her to be the front runner. <laughs> Wait till you see what we found. And speaking of what we found, I found the crying anchor. That's right. The crying news anchor. And what a character this person is. If you ever wondered about January 6th, this will clear it all up for you. Okay, all this today on Exposed. I'll tell you, when you have a Republican unwilling to voice the truth about, for instance, uh, the cause of the Civil War, um, we know it was slavery. But if you have a Republican that's unwilling to talk about that, um, something's up. What's up? Nikki Haley, that's what's up. She talks about the war in Ukraine and believes that Russia is the problem. I don't get it. I, I, I just don't get it. She wants to increase armaments to Ukraine, and I don't understand why. When the curtains closed on the first GOP presidential primary, one thing was very clear to me, at least, and that was Haley is not a Republican. She is a warmongering rhino, and she is so entrenched in the establishment I believe even the Democrats will be joining forces with the stupid Republicans and elites to do anything that they can to defeat Trump. Now, I know recently we've heard that, you know, Donald Trump may be considering uh, Nikki Haley as vice presidential candidate. I, I got my doubts. I don't think he's that foolish the second time around. Now, I liked Mike Pence. I really did. And I, I believe he's a man of God. I believe he's someone that has strong values, but he is still very entrenched in the government. He's a family man, and he isn't about to risk his finances nor his family for anyone. And I believe he took the yellow streak way out. But, you know, right now we got even the fake media, they're, um, they're touting Haley as a reasonable option. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you see that happening, that means the fix is in. Anybody, she's, she's pushing this whole Ukraine war, and it's all about really increasing the amount of money that we're putting into Ukraine. The commitment of more money pouring billions of dollars into Ukraine. Here's what happens, just so you have a rough idea. Um, all of the people involved in the Ukraine war, okay, supposedly, but they call it a war. Um, it's really a war game. Because all of the people involved there, you're talking about BlackRock and all these other large, large, multinational, huge weapon corporations. Uh, they are getting the billions of dollars that are being um, spent here and sent overseas are going to those military contractors. In fact, that's how Haley got rich. In fact, we found that out in one of the debates when Vivek brought that up. But that money goes over there, which gets to the military contractors, and the military contractors pay back the politicians here. It's a big circle of money. See, 
we continue spending billions in Ukraine, and eventually that's going to lead to us having advisors on the ground. You know what advisors are? It's basically boots on the ground. That's really what it is. It is exactly the same thing. A billionaire a LinkedIn founder, um, he's a big Democratic donor, Reid Hoffman. He gave $250,000 to support Nikki Haley, to support her presidential campaign. Why? Why would he do that? And he is also joining the list of other very, very wealthy people like uh, Frank Lauken, New Hampshire billionaire. Um, he's donated to both Republicans and Democrats, uh, but he endorsed Haley and co-founded the new super PAC, Independence Moving the Needle. Yeah, Independence Moving the Needle to where? <laughs> it's ridiculous. But these are the kind of people, other billionaires who previously expressed support for Ron DeSantis and his presidential campaign have now turned and flipped uh, like Ken Griffin, Ken Langone from Home Depot. Um, they recently described Haley to CNBC as the only GOP candidate who has a chance of beating Trump. <laughs> the only GOP. You know, when these kind of companies and media all begin to spew the same information. We should be smart enough to read between the lines and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? And that's exactly what I'm doing. Recently, we've got uh, Jamie Dimon, and he's from J.P. Morgan Chase, the CEO there. And he said, even if you're a very liberal Democrat, I urge you, help Nikki Haley. Okay. When a guy like that says something, people listen. It, it, it's crystal clear right now that the real puppet of the establishment, as far as the Democrats go, is not Newsom. And it's not going to be Michelle Obama. It, it just I can't see that happening. At least I, I hope not. <laughs> but the real puppet of the establishment right now who is a proven supporter of establishment policies and who's willing to keep the war machine going. Oh, I'm not talking about Fat Man either. That, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the other one, Nikki Haley. That's right. The Fat Man's gone anyhow. He's not going to be on the stage anymore. He's not going to be on the debate. He's gone. And, and, and Nikki Haley is now the choice of the left. And if you start to research the people who are paying to keep Donald Trump off the ballot, who are funding the lawsuits to keep Trump uh, spending more and more of his own money, spending millions of dollars uh, to keep him running here and there so that he can't campaign to the extent that he would, but he still is, we're finding that it's the Reed Hoffmans and the Larry Finks of the world. And we've got people on the left that have basically given up on Biden in general terms. Um, they've given up on it. But now it seems they're looking at the alternative because Trump has so much strength. They're saying, look, if we can at least sway some Republicans away from Trump and go to Nikki Haley, maybe we got a chance because with Nikki Haley, they still have an establishment person in office and they don't have to be fearful of being investigated or fired or in jail or imprisoned. My friends, that's what they're afraid of. See, the left will get strongly behind Nikki as the show is coming to a visible end pretty shortly. And 
Nikki can win the foolish hearts of these Republicans. She could. Uh, there's a lot of Republicans who think uh, Trump is a danger to the Republic. <laughs> that's, that's what we hear. Trump is a danger to the Republic. Well, he's not a danger. He's already was in office for four years and nothing happened except good to the country. The establishment wing of the Republican Party, the big donors of the Republican Party, the people who have the billions of dollars to invest in the election, the people who have been funding the Republican Party for decades, who are they funding right now? Who are they backing? They're all backing Haley. They're backing anyone with the possibility of defeating Trump. So now we have both Democrats and we have Republicans, along with their donors, all working together to ensure that Trump does not get into office. <laughs> but his numbers are out of this world. And, and, and again, I got to say, I fear that the desperate machine, okay, the, the political machine, will employ whatever means necessary to try to stop Trump from getting into office. But before they go down that path of taking maybe the most extreme measures against Trump. Um, I believe they're going to try to defeat him with another candidate first. And, and, you know, it makes sense. I mean, why try to assassinate somebody when maybe you can just eliminate him from the race? That's why they did all the legal shenanigans to try to eliminate him from the race. From the race. And all that did was just buy, buy them more time and, you know, keep Trump off the uh, trail, uh, you know, being able to go out and, you know, drum up more votes and, you know, be in front of the, the news media even more. So that's what they've been doing with all these lawsuits. Uh, but it's not working. And they know it's not working. They see the numbers and they see what's happening. And so they're like beginning to freak out. Nikki Haley's already proven she's sold out to the establishment. So she's working now, I believe, alongside the media machine to convince the Republican base that she's the best candidate all the way around. I'm going to prove this to you. Okay, It's going to be hard to believe at first. It was for me. The first thing I'm going to put up for you is a chart. And I want you to look at this chart. It's very important. Uh, this is from the um, NBC after the fourth debate, okay? Um, now, this chart basically shows how NBC determined the winner of each of the debates. And so I drew this chart up with the different colors and everything to show how they had Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, and they moved her down a little notch and move her back up. She is still the number one favorite. Now, that's that's... You know, NBC, that's the New York Times. These are the people that promote this kind of junk, okay? Because they try to get the general populace who's not really involved in politics, don't really see and know what's going on. Oh, well, Nikki Haley seems to be the best choice. Hey, honey, what do you think? Should we vote for Nikki Haley? And, you know, they go in and they vote for Nikki Haley. And if you're a Democrat, you might vote once or twice for Nikki Haley, but no. <laughs> so we've got to be careful that we don't fall prey to what the news media is trying to do. Now, I've got a video clip. And after the fourth debate, they had a reporter at a local establishment in Georgia. The debate was in Alabama, I believe. Anyhow, um, and they had this reporter in Georgia. 
And so the voters were being asked, and in Georgia, they, I think they were at a diner or a restaurant of some sort, and they were asking the voters about the debate. So I want us to watch this clip together. Here it is. But on election day, it's not our opinion that matters. Of course, it is the voters. NBC News 2024 campaign embed. Namdi Egwanwu is with Republican voters at a watch party in Atlanta, Georgia. Namdi, it's so good to see you. Uh, you do fantastic work, and I know you've been there with the voters in Georgia. What are they telling you? What did they think of tonight's debate? Hold it. Oh, hold, hold it right there. Okay, hold, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Just the way this woman talks, uh, she's talking like, oh, we know so much better than the average person. Let's hear from the peasants. Let, let's hear from the little peons in the diner. Uh, let's hear what they have to say about the debate and what their thoughts are. Um, it's so, such a condescending attitude. All right, let's resume the video. Well, Kristen, getting a reaction from voters here in Atlanta was quite easy. They actually organized a straw poll on their own during the debate and were keeping track of their opinions. And by the end of the night, you had Vivek Ramaswamy out of the squash party of about 30 people getting five votes. You had Ron DeSantis getting two, both Nikki Haley and Chris Christie having a sole one vote. Um, and get this, former President Donald Trump, despite not being on the stage, got 18. So that's really reflective of the vibe of the night here in Atlanta. But you don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take Take my word for it. Okay. He, he was talking to her, you know, she's the reporter. Oh, let's hear from the peasants there on the scene, basically. And he's saying, listen, you don't have to take my word for it because even he know that, knew that this would not go over well with the media elites. And she's one of them. So let's continue. A couple of attendees agreed to stay after and give us their opinions. And Will, I want to start with you. There was a moment tonight that got a lot of people riled up. What was the moment that caught your eye that left a mark on you? Uh, what left the mark for me was uh, Nikki Haley being called out uh, for being the warmonger that she is. At the same time, uh, Ramswamy holding up a notepad saying Nikki is a corrupt. And that's got to be something that stands out uh, really strongly in my mind and in the voters' mind. Uh, but they talk too much about Trump, a man that wasn't on the stage, but ruled the stage tonight. Yeah. Nikki Haley is a warmonger. And Vivek showing the corruption of Nikki Haley. But the most important thing that we can come away with from all of this is that even though Trump was not in the debate, Trump still won the debate. And he won it because everyone is trying to come against him and he's not even there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Trump is an outsider, Vivek is an outsider, and the establishment knows that people like that are dangerous. They know that they're going to expose the establishment for who they are. Well, but the polls also bear that out as well, that, that he's not resonating right now. And he's, you know, not within striking distance of Haley or Trump, for that matter, who he needs to defeat. Is it his goal to defeat Trump? Because on that stage and when he goes out onto the debate stage, it often seems like he is defending the former president. Is he running for office or is he running to be a surrogate of former President Trump? See, if the media can group you with Trump, they're, they're trying to make Vivek out to be, you know, Trump's little puppet. Uh, so they're trying to tie him to Trump so that hopefully some of the negative wears, you know, wears off on him. They think 
that somehow that resonates with the people. It just goes to show the media has no clue who they're talking to. They do not know their audience. The media doesn't realize that the audience loves Vivek. They love what he's saying. Now, they may think he's still a little young, like I do, to be president, but they love him and they love what he's saying. Let's continue watching. Kristen, I think you and the media are in a, for a big surprise come January 15th. What we're seeing in Iowa is bigger and bigger crowds than the time the visits we've had before. And what we're finding is that more than 50% of those who come to Vivek's events are not registered Republicans. Only 20% are typical Republican caucus voters. So Vivek is tapping into disaffected Democrats, political independents, all of those people. We need to take, educate how to caucus and bring them around with us. I think that those people are not being polled. More than 50%, more than 50% are not registered Republicans. They are reaching Democrats and independents. And that, my friends, is what's frightening to the media and the establishment. And then she ends with this. These people are not being polled. In other words, as bad as your polls are now, it's even worse for Biden because our voters, those interested in a candidate like Vedic, are not being polled. Now, this girl's very smart. She's obviously, she works for Vivek. She's her, his uh, campaign spokesperson there. And I expect that he is going to capture uh, the audience of a lot of younger people. And all of this frightens the media. They don't know where to go with this. They, they honestly have no clue because they live in a bubble. Media people live in a bubble because they hang out with people like-minded, like them. They all live in this little bubble. They don't really know what's happening in the real world. So I, I think Vivek has, uh, he, he's got a chance. Maybe back in, you know, 2028, 20, after he's got a little bit more experience behind him, after he maybe gets a job in the Trump administration um, and has some political experience uh, behind him, maybe in the cabinet, I think that's going to be good for him. The attacks against Nikki by Vivek Ramaswamy are, I don't know, they're classic. They're classic. So now they will try to eliminate him from the final debate, which they have succeeded in doing, in order to try to accomplish their goal of swaying voters, to try to get them to the people that they want to win. And like I said, who do they want to win? Well, they know Biden doesn't have a chance in hell right now at all. He's got no chance of winning. They know that. But they do believe Nikki Haley still has a shot. They do believe it. And she's part of the machine. She's part of the insiders. She's part of the ones who will go along to get along in the Republican Party, kind of like the turtle did, and undermined us as Americans all during the Trump administration. He was one of the you know little thorns in the side of President Trump. So right now, they will eliminate Vivek and work with all diligence to try to convince people, okay, that there's no other hope except Nikki Haley. Let's watch this next clip together. Nikki, you were bankrupt when you left the UN. 
after you left the UN, you became a military contractor. You actually started joining service on the board of Boeing, whose back you scratched for a very long time, and then gave foreign multinational speeches like Hillary Clinton is. And now you're a multimillionaire. That math does not add up. It adds up to the fact that you are corrupt. And when I said they were bought and paid for, I meant the Republican establishment, not the Democratic establishment. <laughs> Don't you love it? You are corrupt and you became rich because you're bought and paid for. <laughs> wow. Tell me that didn't hit home hard. And he, he, he does it again. Here, watch this clip. He does it again. Foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom. I want everybody at home to note that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. Hold on, let's, let's hold that for a minute. Nikki and Biden are on the same page and he brought that point home. Do you hear me? He brought that point home. He and, and Nikki are on the same page together. All right, let's resume the clip. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. And there's her puppet masters right there. The donors, the donors right there that are playing with the puppet masters. Oh, don't you love it. Don't you love it, baby. Let me tell you, they don't like this boy at all. That's the way they call him now. They call him like a boy. He's too young. You know, this guy's a, you know, multi-billionaire or whatever he is. I mean, he's a successful business guy. He's obviously intelligent. He knows his stuff. He knows what's going on. They don't like that at all. And Nikki Haley wasn't prepared. She was not prepared for the facts that he gave. What did he do? He cornered her knowing that she wouldn't know the answers to the question. Which counties, which areas, you know, in Ukraine? She looked kind of like a deer in the headlights. She couldn't recall the name of the provinces. All of this shows nothing more than the media is rallying behind the best establishment candidate. One that's going to, you know, um, toe the line, uh, work the agenda of the one world order. And Haley, you know, she played a great part at the U.N. for President Trump. She did. She stood up for things that she needed to stand up for, including Israel. She did a good job there, I got to admit. But she was tainted. See, the U.N. is filled with one world people, one worlders. And all the while, uh, she was there vying for her career. And that's proven out by the direction she took after leaving the UN. The writing is on the wall, folks. And the Dems are grasping for straws. And they're really unsure at this point on how to stop Trump. They, they're, they're not going to stop that train, baby. It's coming down the tracks. Woo, woo. And it ain't going to stop. Some people have missed 
the train. And they don't even realize that they're just standing there waiting and it's already passed them by. This guy is a former Trump supporter. He's a 2016 voter for Trump. That's right. This guy voted for Trump in 2016. Former D.C. Metro Police Officer Michael Fanone. And he has been on a quest for fame and publicity since the beginning of his career. I tracked it down. I looked at what he did. I looked where he was. He was always looking for the news media. You know, he's one of those news hounds. And he's promoting his book right now, Hold the Line. Oh my God, Hold the Line. That's what he calls it. I got to keep my I got to keep my composure here cuz this this drives me. But there's so much more to this Mr. Fanone's career and much of it leading to his swift transformation from a, a one-time patriot to a one-man attack dog for the left. Michael Fanone served as a Metropolitan Police officer assigned to the 1st District for over 20 years. 20 years he worked that way. He was even, listen, he was even as a special task force officer for the FBI, ATF, and the DEA. Currently, guess what he's doing? That's right, listen up. He serves as an analyst for the CNN, a security council uh, consultant, and a firearms instructor, and he lives in Alexandria, Virginia. That's right. He is a consultant and analyst for CNN. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. This is what they do. They, they need to get attention. They need to get ahead. They need to write a book. They need to be able to sell it. They need to be able to do these things. So they transform. And he did his transformation from a one-time, you know, patriot, quote unquote, Trump supporter, quote unquote, because he really wasn't. He was just looking for his day of fame. He couldn't get it that way, but he did now. And his political transformation seemed to come after his close affiliation with the FBI. And, and my sources, here's what I uncovered, that the book, okay, uh, the security consultancy, and even the recent guest appearances on CNN are all the result of agreeing to be part of what the left called saving our democracy. And, and this was an operation formulated by the FBI and by people deep in other three-letter agencies at the highest levels of government looking to get players like this guy who would carry out their orders on January 6th in order to ensure that at all costs, President Donald Trump does not return to the Oval Office. That's what this, my friends, was all about. This is a mantra we've heard uttered by so many in the government, including Biden himself, that Trump cannot come back to the White House. And he said they'll, they'll do whatever measures necessary legally, blah, blah, blah. You heard Biden say it. Here's a video of Biden saying that very thing. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power uh, by, uh, if, we, uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. But the most disgusting thing is that we have a guy here, Fanon, who has delved into the role of victim and savior. And the media is treating him like a hero. 
the January 6 participants and, and 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 quote traitors and terrorists that that's what they're being called right now. This is horrible. Let's watch this clip together. And here we are, three years after the insurrection, and we're still living with the consequences of that day, the persistent threats to our democracy. Hold it right there. Hold it right there for a second. The threat to our democracy? Guess who the threat is? You and I are the threat to democracy now. Did you catch what he said? He sounds just like the left. He has become one of them for the sake of his popularity, fame, and fortune. Let's continue with the clip. Yesterday, in his first campaign speech of 2024, President Biden issued a warning about what's at stake. Trump began his 2024 campaign by glorifying the failed violent insurrection at our, on our Capitol. The guy who claims law and order sows lawlessness and disorder. Trump's not concerned about your future, I promise you. Trump is now promising a full-scale campaign of revenge and retribution, his words. It's the first national election since January 6th. Insurrection placed a dagger at the throat of American democracy since that moment. Amazing. You and I, we're the problem. All right. Biden is such a joke. Yet he and all the media are getting away with calling all of us the problem. We're the problem because we're voting for Trump. And we're being painted as the anti-Americans. All right, let's go to the next clip. Let's watch this together. Prepare yourself. Here it is. Joining me now in studio is Michael Fanone, former D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer, Courage for America Council Member, and author of Hold the Line, The Insurrection and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul. Officer Fanone, I'm going to try to get through this. Um, Thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. Oh, my God. What a bunch of actors. Did you ever see anything like it in your life? This guy was breaking down. He, he's a journalist. What kind of journalism is this? This is nothing but theater. It was a joke. I think he was out for an Academy Award crying over January 6th as if his life was at stake. I'm sorry, folks, but this is nothing but a limp-wristed guy. And, and, and he needs to pray the terrorists don't come to his place of work because he'll need wings when they throw him off the building. I'm telling you, that guy is nothing but a joke. Let's go to the next video. We are... Uh still in the midst of the, the same fight that began uh, on January 6th, 2021. Um, and we have a lot at, at stake in this country. Uh, and I think that it deserves every American's attention. We're in the midst of the same, we're in the midst of the same fight. What fight? What fight? All we wanted was the truth. See, they, they make it sound like they're in the midst of a battle for the democracy. All we want is the truth. Let's look at this next clip. Officer Renone, how damaging is it for Trump to label those um, violent riot rioters who were criminally charged and convicted uh, as hostages? The man who attacked you with that stun gun was sentenced to more than, than 12 years in prison. 
Correct. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about those individuals that received those lengthy sentences. They did so because, A, they engaged in an insurrection, uh, but their, their actions that day were violent. And that violence, <clears throat> excuse me, was directed towards law enforcement officers. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's clear that they deserve the sentences that they received. Uh, but by Donald Trump um, referring to them as hostages uh, and uh, speaking about them sympathetically, it, he's lending his authority as the former president to their actions. How dangerous were Trump's words? <laughs> That's the question here. How dangerous were Trump's words? Talk about a leading question. <laughs> Listen, folks, Trump is right, and we know it. Many of these being held without bail, without having a trial, without anything, are being held um, as an affront to our justice system. And yes, Trump called them hostages because guess what? They are hostages. They're hostages of this regime, the Biden administration. Now, of course, some were violent. And even Trump said, you know, I'm going to pardon those who deserve to be pardoned. Uh, he's, he's for law and order, and so am I. And so are you, I'm sure. But this guy here, Fanon, <laughs> he's a plant. He self-deployed on site. He wasn't activated. He wasn't activated, or was he, by the FBI. Like so many others that showed up that day, he showed up self-activated. In other words, he wasn't on duty. How did he get there? He was all dressed for the show. And he purposely did not hide his face. Many of the others uh, who incited violence that they were dressed in uniform, but their face was hidden. But this guy, he had his face wide open. Why? See, his payoff, okay, because he's one of those deeply entrenched people. He's one of the assets that FBI, CIA, somebody called on. And his payoff was fame and fortune. You can't fool us, Fanon. You sold your soul to the devil. And I pray you repent before you face the justice of God. Let's go to the final clip. They've made their decision. You know, we're three years out from the January 6th insurrection. Um, we had the benefit of a uh, bipartisan January 6th select committee investigation, which really rolled out um, the evidence supporting the fact that it was, in fact, an insurrection, that it was intentional, uh, and that it was pre-planned by Donald Trump and members of his administration. Bipartisan select committee? That's what he said. This was a bipartisan select committee to investigate January 6th? Really? Are you serious? Who was the Republican? Who was the Republican there? Nobody except in name, McCain. She's nothing but another Democrat wrapped in red. There was no investigation. It never proved that Donald Trump did anything or had anything to do with it. You see why they bring in guys like this, Fanon? To try and to lend credibility to their false narrative. That's what this was all about. And they figured that this is the perfect guy. He was undercover. You know, he was a police officer in D.C. Metro. He's got tattoos all over him, you know. So, you know, it looks like a rough and tough guy. You know, he's all, I'm all tattooed, you know, whatever. And they use him in hopes of swaying more Americans. And he sold out. He sold out for money, fame, and fortune. We know it. See, the left is getting more and more desperate. As each day passes, 
Each week passes, they're getting more and more desperate. Donald Trump will be named a Republican candidate in just a short few days. And I'm telling you folks, don't doubt me on this. You better be prepared. You better be prepared with water, with food, with batteries, because I'm here to tell you, expect the worst. The danger to Americans, to people like this guy, okay, this is the man we should be afraid of. That's the danger. The danger to Americans is people just like him. The pictures of his, you know, beautifully tattooed body, you know, covered with a uniform on the front page of that, you know, new book he's trying to push, as if he carries some authority, you know. The book is nothing but a masterful piece of theater. It's written to cause the reader to see him as an innocent, viciously beaten victim <laughs> who just happened to be on the scene of the January 6th assembly after self-deploying to the front lines as a coming savior. I'm here to save those who are supposedly in danger. <laughs> Let's see. It's guys like this that we need to be afraid of. Men who, for money and fame, will sell out their family, sell out their friends, and even sell out their country. Just like Biden. All part of the same syndicate to enrich themselves. The, the entire um, well-designed scene of this supposed beating and heart attack that he took that day was fake, my friends. And anyone with a trained eye is able to see it was all well staged, designed to bring credibility to the instigators of January 6th. The instigator, he was an instigator. And they're trying to elevate Michael Fanone right now to the status of hero, all for compromising the truth and being a part of the well-planned uprising. They think it was instituted and in, 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 in instigated and in, in, in formulated by Trump. Oh, no, my friends. This was formulated by the left. And there were people put in the crowd as instigators like Fanon, who were obvious plants used to incite terror and fear, all to justify the ringing sounds of insurrection from the halls of Congress to the talking heads on CNN. They're all saying the same things, and now he's one of them, a paid contributor. <laughs> After I had the opportunity to review many, many hours of video evidence, let me tell you, as well as the well-produced documentaries that I looked at from Epic TV, tremendous. If you get the chance, you've got to view these videos. They did a wonderful job. Uh, the Real Story of January 6th, parts one and two. It was clear to me, as any objective viewer, it will be clear to you, I'm telling you, that there was an obvious plan that was unfolding. And the main players in that entire production were Chucky Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. And I can prove that. I can prove that. Very simple fact. On that day, listen carefully, on that day, and the only time ever in history of Pelosi being in office 40-some-odd years, she ordered someone to document that day by video. That's right. She made a video evidence that Nancy and Chucky were waiting on the crowd to come to the Capitol. That's her words. How did she know they were coming? How did she know what would happen? <laughs> they say it on video themselves. And besides, why would she even video her movements that day? That's, that's, what, that's what someone who knows what's going to happen would do. 
It makes no sense unless she were expecting something to happen. And how would she know something was going to happen? Ah, let's hear what she had to say in her own words. She said, I just wish he would be here so that I could punch him in the face. Yeah, they were in no danger. The video proves it. They didn't fear for their lives. That too was a lie. So what we have basically is a planned attack on the Capitol by the members of the Capitol themselves. Now, if you combine that with Pelosi's narrative, okay, subsequent to the start of the so-called insurrection, where she was calling out in the video, where are the guards? Where's the National Guards? They should be coming here with tanks and and weapons. Uh, I want them here with tanks on the property. That's what she was saying. While all the while, she is the one that put a quench. She stopped the National Guard from being able to be on site that day. The facts fully prove it out. That Donald Trump, in December, gave the order for up to 20,000 National Guards to be used, if necessary, on January 6th. Now, the way the procedure works, just so you know, there is a procedure Uh, for employing, uh, deploying uh, the National Guard on U.S. soil, okay? And the procedure is very simple. It basically starts with the president. He has to uh, make the troops available, okay? He doesn't order them to go. He makes them available. That's a proven fact, that he did that in December. Then... The mayor of D.C. would need to approve the troops being released into into Washington, D.C. And then the Capitol Sergeant of Arms of the Congress and the Senate would need also to approve the troops on the property of the Capitol. Okay? And we know the fact that the mayor of D.C. put in writing that she declined the National Guard. It's in writing. We have that proof. And we have the proof that the Sergeant of Arms of both houses refused the request. And it has been told to us and to others, okay? So it has been documented in the hearings that Nancy Pelosi was the one who squashed it. So here she is in this video that she produced and starred in, along with her co-star, Chucky, acting as if they were in harm's way, and that Trump somehow stopped the National Guard from saving the day, all the while they never needed outside interference at all. They never needed anybody to come and save the day. It was all planned by them. They planned the operatives in the crowd to start the fight, and then here they are in video saying, we're, 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 where's the National Guard to protect us when they didn't need protection? It shows her going anywhere she wanted throughout the building on her own video. It's absolutely crazy. But yet, the January 6th Select Committee, they didn't want to see that video. They didn't look at that video. They didn't look at the video, the part of the video evidence that showed there were people in the crowd dressed as Trump supporters that were inciting the crowd and starting the violence. They didn't show that. Why? Aha. See, it wasn't Trump that was turning against the nation. It was our own people in government 
that were turning against us. They could have done this a lot better. Nancy Pelosi, all she had to do was shut down all the cameras in the Capitol. Oops, the cameras are out. Oops, kind of like what happened with Epstein. Oops, the cameras are out. That's what could have happened. But they're too stupid and too cocky, their attitude. Because ah, we can get away with it. We can do whatever we want. Uh, we, we got control of the government. But they were thwarted by their own stupidity. Why do you think Nancy Pelosi scooted out of Washington, D.C. as soon as she could? Because she knew the truth was coming out and much, much more is coming out every single day. More and more people are leaving the government, retiring, quitting. They're going on. But let me tell you something. The fools are still going to persist. They will not easily give up power and all that money. And I'll tell you why. Me, I think it's spiritual. That's right. I believe this is evil at work. And evil doesn't give up easily, mainly because they already know they're defeated. So they figure, why not? I got nothing to lose. Just, just keep going for it. And that's what they do. So those who think they can get away with rigging another election, they're going to try again. They're going to try again. But they should not underestimate the will of we the people. January 6th, my friends, was nothing. Nothing. And should the left implement another crazy plan like they did in 2020 or another pandemic or whatever to steal the 24 election, they may find America will come tumbling down around them and bury them in their own bunkers. Some will pay a severe price for their treasonous behavior against we, the people of the United States. Fanon, he's even suffering right now because those who worked with him and knew him and know the truth, guess what? They turned their backs on him. In his own words, he says this, quote, whenever I left, whenever I left my cubicle, okay, it's where he worked inside the office, I was ostracized, treated like a leper. Wow. He said they would walk away from me, meaning his fellow officers. He said, continues, every visit I made to the restroom risked a confrontation. Most of the venom, he said, came from white cops. Whoa, whoa, tell me that's not a lefty at work right there. He said, for the black cops, for the most part, they were supportive, and I even got a handshake and hugs. <laughs> While most of the white cops, they turned their backs on me, end quote. Let me tell you something, that fact alone speaks volumes to me. Because although many blacks and Hispanics around the nation are awakening to the truth, D.C. is nothing but a venomous hellhole. And it's no surprise that the most blue, that they are the most blue city in the world. It's no surprise that in that most blue city in the nation would be filled with sympathetic minorities. They're all on the government dole. What do you think? So that one statement, Fanon says it all. And to you, Mr. Fanon, I say good, because you are a traitor to the truth. And your oath as an officer uh, swearing to uphold the law, <laughs> let me tell you something. You put a stain on the blue because the majority of men and women in law enforcement are strong, good, and honest and truthful people. And as a patriotic American myself, I will always back the blue and stand for truth and justice and the American way. Oh, you may get an award for your role in this play, believe me. You may even become rich also. Because that's how the left works. If you work with them, 
you'll reap the rewards. But the greatest sadness today is when we have a media more interested in promoting the theater of January 6th instead of using journalistic integrity and getting to the truth. And unfortunately, the reason for this is our nation is no longer interested in truth. We're no longer interested in anything but our comforts and how long we can maintain our power and control, how long we can keep the the little people under our thumb. Let me tell you something. A lot of people will take it, but they'll only take so much. They'll only take so much. So you and I, we're who's left. We are the patriots. We now need to stand for truth and justice. So if you consider yourself a patriot, be careful because you're going to be on their terror watch list or potential terrorist. So remain vigilant. Be strong. Be positive. And let's promote Trump with all that we have. Pray that he can get in there and clean house in such a way that the left will be set back in their plans for world domination, hopefully long enough that our children's children will still be able to enjoy some of the freedoms of this great nation. Hey, God bless you and God bless America. Thanks for watching.